Welcome to the Black Sparrow Media Internet Broadcast Network. You are listening to Linux in the Hampshire. LHS is a podcast about Linux, open source, and amateur radio for everyone. Now here are your hosts, Russ, K5TUX, Cheryl, W5MOO, and Bill, NE4RD. Well, hello everybody and welcome. You have tuned in to episode number 333 of the most terrific amateur radio podcast on the internet. This is Linux in the Ham Shack, and this is our Weekender episode when we talk about upcoming events and special events and contests, and then we go into food and hedonism and liquor and all kinds of fun things. Uh, so the folks who are doing that for you tonight are the usual folks. We have me. I'm Russ, K5TUX. I'm Cheryl, W5MOO. And I'm Bill, NE4RD. And we're just going to dive right in, and Bill is going to tell us about some upcoming amateur radio contests that uh, you can work in the next week or two, and uh, you might find yourself with a little extra time on your hands, so maybe you should uh, try and do one or two of these. We'll you know, give them a go anyway. That's right, and if you don't hear the contest that is uh, being mentioned, uh, always check out contestcalendar.com. That's where we get all our information from. So, uh, yeah, so here's the ones I highlighted for this weekend. We have the BART G HF Riddy Contest. That's the uh, British Amateur Radio Teledata Group. Uh, it uh, runs from 0200 Zulu March 21st to 0200 Zulu March 23rd. The mode is Riddy. It's 80 through 10 meters, no work. Uh, exchange is a uh, signal strength serial number plus four digit time UTC. So that, that's a real interesting one. <laughs> Lots of typing there. <clears throat> I'm sure that you can, I'm sure your program will take care of that for you. Uh, we also have the uh, Russian DX contest and that runs from 1200 Zulu March 21st to 1200 Zulu March 22nd. Uh, the modes on that one are CW and single sideband. Uh, it's 160 through 10, no work. And let's see the exchanges. If you're in Russia, it's RST plus two character Oblast. If you're not in Russia, which most of you probably aren't, it's just an RST plus a serial number. So real easy for you. Uh, we have a uh, one state running uh, their QSO party for the state QSO party challenge, and that state is Virginia. So check out that if you're collecting those state QSO parties. Uh, contest next weekend, we have the big one, the CQ Worldwide WPX contest. That's the prefix contest, and that one runs from 0 Zulu March 28th to 2359 Zulu March 29th. The mode on that is single sideband. It's 160 through 10, no work. And exchange is a uh, uh, signal strength plus uh, serial number. So super, super easy to get involved in that. And that's the one you try to collect all the all the prefixes of call signs like, you know, K8 and K5 and NE4 and all the fancy uh, DXCC entries and stuff like that. <clears throat> uh, we also have the uh, FOC QSO party. That's the first class CW operators club. And that's running from uh, 0 Zulu to 2359 Zulu on March 28th. The mode on that, of course, is CW, and it's 160 through 10. 
And let's see, the uh, FOC CUSO party, formerly known as the Bill Wendell CUSO party, the BWQP, is held twice a year and is open to all radio amateurs worldwide. It's not a contest, but rather an activity day in memory of Bill Wendell, G8VG, who is now a silent key, uh, past chairman of the FOC, who was very keen that we should all be as active as possible on the bands. Station participating in the FOCQP uh, should call CQ a BW in the name, memory of Bill. And there are no states doing the QSO party that weekend, so uh, you're free to play on these two contests. All right, very good. So some amateur radio contests out there, and uh, one uncontest you can get uh, or be a part of, rather. Uh, so for amateur radio special events, we have a few listed here. We have the main bicentennial. This was mentioned in the last weekender, but we're mentioning it again because it's uh, still going on. We have the uh, several call signs, uh, Kilo 1 Bravo through Whiskey 1 Yankee. A uh, list of those will be in the show notes. Uh, this is going from March 16th at 0000 Zulu to March 22nd at 2359 Zulu. So still plenty of time to get involved in this. Frequencies are 160 through 2 meters. No repeaters. Uh, the Maine Bicentennial Special Event Committee has put together a special event with call signs recognizing Maine's original nine counties from when the state was chartered in 1820. There will also be three other special event stations operating from Jameson Tavern in Freeport, Portland, and Boston in recognition of their contributions to Maine's statehood. Operations will take place on, as I said, HF 6 and 2 meters. Uh, modes are CW, phone, and digital. This allows all main amateur radio operators to participate in some form. There will be certificates available once logs are available from the various stations that contacted the special event operators. More details on that will be available uh, on the special event website, a link to which will be in the show notes. Uh, we also have coming up the anniversary of Alcatraz Federal Penitentiary's closing. Uh, this will be operational from March 20th, 0000 Zulu through March 31st, 2359 Zulu. Call sign for this will be November 6th Alpha. Uh, frequencies will be operating on or about 3815, 7265, 14265, and 21265. And the special event for the anniversary of the closing of the Federal Penitentiary on Alcatraz Island in San Francisco Bay on March 21st, 1963. The link to additional information will be in the show notes. And we also have the Battle of Horseshoe Bend of the Creek Indian War anniversary. This will be operating from March 28th, uh, 1400 Zulu to 2100 Zulu. Call sign November 4 Hotel. Frequencies on or about 385, 7.28, and 14.25. And this commemorates the 206th anniversary of the Battle of Horseshoe Bend this battle brought a close to the Creek War, made Andrew Jackson an American hero, and opened much of present-day Alabama for settlement. A uh, self-addressed stamped envelope can be used for a QSL or a large envelope, 9 by 12 for QSL and certificate. Additional information uh, will be linked to in the show notes. So work those special event calls while you can. And uh, moving on from special events and amateur radio contests, we have a couple of announcements. The first one is one that everyone should know about at this point. But if you somehow don't, there will be no Hamvention in 2020. Uh, the Executive Council or whatever group oversees Hamvention has decided that 
due to COVID-19, they cannot, you know, in good conscience, I guess, have the event. So they have canceled it, which means we are subsequently uh, canceling our Hamvention GoFundMe for at least this year. Uh, we will take those funds. We will put them in escrow and hold them for Hamvention 2021. So when our funding campaign rolls around for next time, we will only have a goal of the difference uh, between $1,000 and whatever we have uh, received so far. So there's that. So thank you, everybody, for donating. We will use the money for Hamvention next year, and we will see everybody next year. Unfortunately, we don't get a chance to see you all this year. So, yeah, (laughs) it is definitely a sad time. Yes, yes, it is. So, okay, so I had a brainwave, and and they were, and uh, my co-hosts were asking me if I was going to tell them what was going to happen with this coffee giveaway before the next episode, and I didn't tell them. (laughs) Ha (laughs) ha. So yeah, so so you're going to tell us now. Yes, I'm going to tell you now. Okay, I was going to make it just kind of simple. How many how many pounds of coffee do we have? Three. Three. Are we keeping one, or are we just going to give them all away? Oh, we ha- we kept a half a pound. Okay, so we have three full pounds yes, to give away? Yes, three full pounds of coffee. Okay, so here's what's going to happen. We're just going to do it easy as I can think of a way to do it. That will be in order of highest to lowest donations, and then secondarily by time, like who got in first for our hand-mentioned campaigns. So if there are multiple donations of the same amount, it'll be whoever got in first. First, second, you know, third, third right whatever. Over, right. So I'm just going to go down the list, and I'm going to ask you know, the highest donor, the highest first donor, and then the highest second donor, and so on down the list. Would you like a pound of our special blend of coffee? And if they say yes, then they get it. they'll get it. They'll send it to you. <laughs> Seems pretty uh, straightforward. Right. Yeah. And if they say no, then I just work down the the list until three pounds of coffee has been sent. So three people ultimately will receive a pound of coffee each based on their donations to our Hamvention campaign. And it just depends on whether the first three people say yes or or whatever um, until we get down to the bottom of the list. And we'll give away coffee that way. So it seems fair to me. So So we'll be announcing next episode who got that in the announcement section. That is absolutely right. Yeah, because Russ is going to spend a week trying to track everybody down. (laughs) (laughs) Get answers. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So we do want to recognize everybody. I mean, I can't recognize by name everyone right off the top of my head, but uh, we want to thank thank everybody everybody who's donated. Yeah. And uh, we will definitely hold those donations and uh, amass them with. next year next year's and we'll see everybody there then so there you go hopefully <laughs> yeah hopefully <laughs> yeah hopefully the world has not ended between now and may 15th ish yeah. of next year so hey, i got a 600 hundred dollar credit in my delta account yeah, yeah. You so you can use that for next year maybe yeah if yeah. it holds on that long sometimes they don't uh let you go out that far but we'll see well, no, it's it. from what I understand right now, they're giving everybody at least a year. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. so many people, so many right, conferences this are affects so many people. Yeah. yeah. All right. Very good. So uh, just as a sort of semi joke, <laughs> I put in uh, the ham radio challenge for this week to just maintain your sanity while the world goes to shit around you. <laughs> so, <laughs> seems, seems pretty logical. Yeah. Seems safe. Yeah. And staying safe, yeah, it's always good. Staying safe. Uh, just do the stuff that makes sense. Keep your hands washed. 
you know don't touch your face yeah try not to touch your face i know it's hard it's what humans do we touch our face <laughs> and uh you know do your best to maintain your social distance and just try and keep things sane and reasonable i mean it's all we can ask i guess so and so, don't panic yeah yeah absolutely yeah. grab a towel don't panic so yeah. we survived h1n1 <laughs> Yeah, we, we've survived a survive lot of things. This, we're going yeah. to come out on the top of this one, too. So, all right. So, moving on to this weekend in open source, Bill is going to tell us about a distribution you can try. Yeah, the, this week's uh, distribution to try is the Manjaro KDE edition. Uh, Manjaro has been making the new circuit with their latest revision of this Arch based OS, becoming the standard and default installation for the Pinebook Pro. While we have reviewed Manjaro in the past and gave it mixed reviews, those are mainly my reviews, uh, <laughs> mainly due to AUR packages installed from Git repos that like to update every yeah, well, every time you hit update, and uh, maybe going too far with some of the kernel download customizations because you know you can select all kinds of you know custom kernels, <laughs> get yourself in trouble. Maybe it's time to cozy back up with this easy-to-install Arch-based distro. I just downloaded the uh, Raspberry Pi 4 version to give it a whirl on my new Pi. Um, actually, I put it on my old Pi 4. <laughs> I was like, eh, I don't really have anything on that card I need. Um, and I, uh, I I put the XFCE edition because I, I, I feel that the KDE edition is just a little... Maybe a little too thick for the uh, Raspberry Pi, um, even though I got the four gig version. And uh, yeah, I I, uh, I wrote the card literally twenty minutes before <laughs> I came down here to start recording all this stuff, and uh, it, it is running. I got it up to the point where I booted it and kind of just looked around at the system. I haven't installed anything yet except for what's already on the card. And I do have to say that when I had both monitors plugged in, uh, running dual headed. Uh, the performance was a little, uh, a little impacted by that. So when I unplugged the second monitor, everything kind of started getting zippy again. So, uh, I'll, uh, I'll continue to take a look at this and, uh, hopefully probably be able to report back some, probably the, probably the next short segment, uh, episode we do on, uh, on Manjaro on the Raspberry Pi 4 and, uh, how that's working out. But, uh, yeah, you should go, uh, take a look at it. Hey, it's always a good time to do some distro hopping when you have some spare time. If you're not ham radioing, why not do some distro hopping? So check out Manjaro, uh, KDE or XFCE editions. All right. Very cool. So, uh, lots of stuff and you're probably going to have some time to, uh, test out these distributions. So <laughs> give one or 17 a shot. Uh, <laughs> yeah, try them all. <laughs> yes, yeah, so everybody's like, you know, sent to their home and just told not to go, leave. Go to DistroWatch and start top down. There you go. <laughs> um, so events coming up in the open source space. Uh, I think we can safely assume there aren't any. <laughs> They've so, all been canceled. They have yeah. all been canceled. Yeah, <laughs> everything is getting canceled. Right. So, and if it's not canceled now, by the time this airs, it will be. It, it will, will be. be. Yeah. <laughs> so, so there are no events coming up. Sadly, uh, hopefully, in the next uh, two, maybe one or two of these, maybe three, uh, we'll, we'll be able to track. start reporting yeah. on these again. But obviously, for now, yeah. No go. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. Just be on the lookout for a lot of these events going online only or you know maybe some online content that 
uh, maybe opens it up and makes the event free for people to attend. So it might be an opportunity to see some content and stuff like that that, uh, well, you know, normal yeah. circumstances wouldn't allow for. That, so, that's uh, true. Um, with the ability for people to uh, stream pretty much anywhere, anytime, some of this stuff might wind up as online content. So that's a good thing to watch out for. Um, you know, just Google for it. And uh, I'm sure if, if any of the major conferences have any uh, online content being put out, especially in the free realm where you can just uh, connect and uh, interact and, and view, um, they'll be announcing it. So just, just keep your eyes open, see what's out there. And so we can now dive into the world of hedonism. And we always start the world of hedonism with food because we all need food. Really? We do. Okay. And since a lot of stores are out of it, <laughs> yeah. um, we're going to like try not to entice you too much, but we do want to talk about food. And Cheryl has a good recipe that she actually made over the weekend uh, that we had for our poker night gathering. So she's going to tell us what we had. Yeah. Oh, and it is, uh, you know, it's it's a little past now at this point. A uh, couple of days. Yeah, yeah it's, a, it's a couple of days past uh, St. Patrick's Day. But, you know, keeping in the sort of March, uh, you know, St. Patty's Day, Irish, Irish thing. thing uh, yeah. That's that's what we're going for here. So, yeah. so anyway, on Pie Day, which was Saturday, uh, we had our annual St. Patrick's Day Pie Day party. Uh, so I, I fixed a menu of all Irish pie-related items. And in that included pasties, which we have a local food truck that does wonderful pasties, uh, which are little, you know, hand handheld um, meat pies for those that don't know. Um, and I made a shepherd's pie and mini caramel apple pies, mini apple pies, mini Irish cream pies. Um, and because we feed, serve food all night at our, our parties, buffet style, I had to modify the shepherd's pie to work in a slow cooker. So, Russ and several others gave this recipe for my shepherd's pie a two thumbs up. And a lot of people said it was absolutely amazing. So, for this, I used approximately a pound of ground beef, a small onion that was diced, a 12 to 16 ounce package of frozen peas and carrots. Some stores vary. I just, uh, I think our store had 12 ounce. Um, a can or two of sliced mushrooms, uh, a tablespoon of minced garlic, a tablespoon of Worcestershire sauce, salt and pepper to taste, a sprinkle of thyme, dried thyme, a sprinkle of dried rosemary, a can of cream of mushroom soup, and then uh, you'll need some mashed potatoes and some shredded cheddar, which is optional. Um, you need to brown the ground beef, adding the onion in to soften as you do that, drain that. Place the beef, the onion, and all the rest of the ingredient ingredients except for the potatoes and cheddar in the slow cooker. Stir well. Uh, cook on low for three to four hours. In the last hour or so, add the mashed potatoes to the top as a crust for your pie. And place cheese on top of the potatoes if you like. And serve that. And everybody will probably like it. So It was excellent. But you also do a lot of doctoring on your mashed potatoes. You didn't really go into the mashed potatoes no. here. But you do like salt and pepper and garlic and cream and butter and all, all kinds, kinds of, of crap. Yeah. yeah so, so that kind of uh, adds to the, the unctuous wonderfulness of the shepherd's pie. But, you know, it's just saying if you've got a little extra time to throw in a spice or two or whatever into the food you're making, you know, just uh, kick it up a notch. That that is. The, and I get sued for that, I'm sure. But <laughs> no, that that is the 
that is the 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 true meaning of cooking is spices and seasonings that that can take something from super bland to super amazing in just a few seconds so right. and you can use hutch's magic word tarragon Tarragon. No, time. No, his tarragon was the thing that he always says. Well, no, he uses tarragon. He uses thyme. He uses rosemary. Yeah, because what I usually get when I get there is rosemary chicken po' boy. So, right, which I've been craving for a couple of days, and his garlic <laughs> soup. So, I have recipes for both though. So well, there you go. Yep. And you don't always soup. have to use salt. <laughs> And there no, are plenty see, other options besides right salt. now right. and i i we do not use because of, i have congestive heart failure we do not use a lot of salt in this house so i have to make up with it make up for it using thyme and rosemary and other spices we do use a little bit of salt i do use a little bit of msg and stuff um and just purely to bring the flavors out and stuff but a lot of times i bring flavor out using garlic or peppers you know or thyme or rosemary or whatever so yes yeah, salt is something that i will buy a container of salt you know one of the little jugs of salt once every five years probably <laughs> but when we go to his and i and i complain when we go to russ's mom's house because she uses she complains but she uses so much salt i can't eat her food <laughs> you know i and i i've told russ i can't i complain about mcdonald's having a lot of sodium in their food and i'm just like i can't i can't eat your mom's food he's like why and i was like have you seen her cook dinner tonight there's probably two cups of salt and everything on the on the stove it's not two cups of salt <laughs> there's she was a lot of salt and everything compared to compared to us she uses a lot of salt a compared to a salt. normal cook she uses a normal amount of salt yeah no i'm just so. like no i can't do that now so right. but yeah i just i have a lot of problems without yeah and i i suffer you know for a week after we get home from her house i i completely suffer and my doctor will be like oh so you've been to russ's parents house this week haven't you and i'm like uh, yeah <laughs> he's like yeah i noticed in your blood work and i'm like thanks so nice. but, yeah all right enough enough about my mother and salt it's fine <laughs> Speaking of single salts, yes. <laughs> oh, I mean malts. Yeah, <laughs> salt, salt, something like that. Oh, <laughs> so we have a, a confusing dram tonight. Um, <laughs> uh, Aberlour twelve-year Speyside single malt, and the reason this is confusing is because it is a Speyside, but on the bottle it doesn't say Speyside; it says Highland. And this is where we get into that confusing area because Speyside is recognized as a region in Scotland for the production of whiskey. However, Speyside is in the Highlands. <laughs> so, yeah. So you could call this either one, but since we're going to try and be a little more specific, um, we're going to call it a Speyside. So, uh, their description, their own description of their whiskey is all our single malts are made with the best local ingredients of barley and soft water from nearby mountain Benrin. Our expertly crafted new spirit is usually matured for a minimum of 12 years, both in the finest hand-picked Oloroso Chevy butts and American oak barrels. 
it's this double cask maturation, which subtly brings together the characteristic of each cask to create a truly rich and rewardingly complex range of single malts. The 12-year-old expression is a fine example of how the distinctively crisp citrus character of Aberlour's new distillate is deftly softened by double cask maturation as the mellowed spirits within are combined to deliver a subtly balanced flavor. And well, that's a lot of words. So anyway, that's how they describe their own 12-year single malt. And uh, I'm just going to tell you what I think of it. So the mash bill on this, of course, is it's 100% malted barley because it is, in fact, a single malt scotch. The ABV on it is disappointing. It's a 40% or 80 proof. Um, Usually when scotches, especially single malts, are distilled and bottled at 40%, it's a compromise. And I honestly believe this is no different. Uh, The region on this is, uh, not surprisingly, Aberlour in Strathspey, Scotland, which is, of course, in Speyside. Uh, the color on it is a is a golden amber with a little bit of a mahogany sort of reddish tint to it. Um, the nose on it, and uh, I think I said this about one other scotch that I reviewed, I just can't remember which one it was, is there are a lot of different flavors here, both on the nose and on the palate, but the combination of all of these things does not lend itself to be particularly interesting. Um, so just because there is some complexity here doesn't make it good. So I know I'm not starting <laughs> off with uh, high marks here, but <laughs> um, on the nose, um, I, I took about three different reviews and I put all of their um, findings in my notes and then I put in the stuff that I found extra, took out the stuff that I didn't find, and left in whatever we sort of agreed on. So for the nose, what's left here is walnut, uh, very specifically walnuts, uh, red apples, like red delicious apples, butter, like on buttered toast, uh, raisins, and toasted oak. Uh, very distinctly, all of those different uh sense on the nose for the taste um there's a citrus fruit sort of indistinguishable citrus fruit could be orange could be lemon could be something along those lines uh definitely taste sherry uh, because of the maturation and sherry casks um cinnamon very light on the cinnamon and sometimes i detected it sometimes i didn't uh, you definitely get that butter on the taste still maple raisins dried banana and i think the dried banana is a combination of a sort of a banana epari sort of non-citrus fruit combined with the oak uh, which gives me this sense of dried banana and you definitely get a little bit of chocolate at the end and the oak char because it has been in barrels for at least 12 years uh then on the finish um it's warm one might say even a little bit uh, acetone or hot, which is kind of surprising since this is bottled at 40%. Uh, you really shouldn't have that in something bottled at a proof so low, but it's kind of there. And it lends itself a slightly bitter quality uh, to the finish um, over the top of the actual flavors, including raisin, sherry, honey, chocolate, and a little bit of clove. Uh, and certainly some barrel spice in there as well. 
So overall, there's a lot of different things you can pull out of this. Um, I just find this really uninteresting and the combination of flavors don't really work for me. Um, which is pretty consistent with the Speysides that I've had. I'm not really the sort of sherry matured Speyside malts are not really my wheelhouse. Um, that being said, if you like classic Speyside sherry aged Speyside malts, um, this is going to rate a lot higher for you. But for me, um, I was going to raise an 85. I kicked it up to an 86 just because it's slightly better today than the first time I tried it. Um, so I am going to give it an 86. Um, it's improving. It, it, yeah, 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 it is. <laughs> it's improving slightly. Um, one thing I will say is because this dram has a bunch of different flavors in it that in and of themselves are not particularly interesting. One time I added five drops of Ardbeg 10, which is a very strong smoky Isla scotch into an ounce and a half of this. And that made a really good glass of whiskey. <laughs> I actually, I, I snagged a swig of that yeah. just a second ago. I, the finish on it, I'm still tasting it is like red, delicious apple major big time. So, okay, so you get more apple on the finish, too? Oh, yeah, I get tons of apple on the finish. I get so. plenty of apple in the taste, but it doesn't, the other stuff sort of lasts longer to me than the apple. Yeah, but. no, the, I'm, I'm still tasting apple, so. Okay, well, there's a lot of apple in there, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so anyway, uh, 86, it's, it's you know, it's not it's not in my wheelhouse, and I'll, I'll say that for sure. If, this, if these are the kinds of scotches you like, you're going to like this a lot. It's a very um, mild scotch. It is, and the the proof has something to do with that, and yeah. the fact that it it's just I don't know. It just doesn't do anything for me. It doesn't light up any synapses or taste buds or anything like that. It's just it's That's pretty fine. mediocre. But I'll drink it. <laughs> hey, I'm, I'm drinking it. He's already he's already pawned off like three bottles on me. I've already finished them off. So. Jeez, like, so. all right whatever so. and and the other thing that's sort of a detraction for me is um this is a 12 year old which sort of um dictates the price that you're going to pay but this is a 45 and possibly higher dollar bottle of whiskey so to me there's just much better stuff for they, much they, less they, money so. Aberlour has four levels 12 16 18 and the abrenda abanad abanad okay sorry uh, that's that's the only things they offer right so. yeah so this is their bottom end and maybe some of the maybe the 18 or something is is better but yeah and i'm i'm guessing because this is bottled at 40 percent that it's probably colored and it's probably chill filtered um it doesn't say on their website so. yeah they're not going to say that that <laughs> um, <laughs> doesn't add value to it <laughs> it does not add value yeah. to it no it actually takes value away so but anyway, there it is. Uh, Aberlore 12 Speyside Single Malt. So if you want to try something like that, if you're into Speysides, um, you know, go for it. It just doesn't float my boat. But anyway, we're going to talk about Bill's uh, beverage of choice for tonight, which is apparently not an IPA. Oh, my <laughs> God. Still beer. It's no, still it's beer. Not. No, it's oh, not it's even bourbon. beer. <laughs> oh, wow. It's bourbon. Yeah, Yay. yeah. And I, I had a check because I, I had thought you've done this one before, but you actually did the barrel strength. I did the barrel strength, yes. Yeah, so I had a look. That was on episode 291. So this is actually the, the regular 
Bullet Bourbon out of uh, Louisville, Kentucky. And I, I was at the I was at the liquor store the other day getting my supplies. <laughs> Go fuck <laughs> up for the yeah. COVID thing, yeah. you know, because I I don't know they might run out of booze. So uh, so yeah, I picked up a, I picked up a bottle of tequila. And uh, I got a bottle of rum. You know, I was like, I'm just getting all the food groups. So then I said, well, oh, I have yeah. to get a bottle of whiskey as well. So I got this. Uh, and I couldn't really decide. And I didn't really want to spend that much. <laughs> right. And I've seen this one a, a few times. And I'm like, ah, fine. It says Louisville. You know, of course, my wife uh, would normally be going to Louisville in May to to her residency for her MFA program, but we're not going to go this year. Oh, it's, it's not happening. It most likely is canceled. We haven't got confirmation yet, but most likely oh. we're not going, which means I'm not going to be able to go down to Kentucky to do some bourbon trail stuff with my uh, father-in-law. So uh, I figured I would just buy what I could buy here from there. So that's what I bought. Yeah, this is a 90 proof, uh, 45% ABV uh, bourbon. It's uh well, whatever, 68% corn, 28% rye, 4% milk, milk the barley. <laughs> <laughs> so it's definitely a high rye bourbon. So, yes. Yeah. It's a, it's pretty good. I mean, comparatively to other stuff, I don't know, probably not as good, but, um, it's, it's, it's not horrible. <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually, I'm, I'm drinking it straight right now. And so no ice, no nothing. And, um, I'm not, uh, turned off by it. So, I mean, yeah, it's, that says something. <laughs> You're, you're going to get a little bit of that sort of dry, anisey wheat, uh, not wheat, but uh, grainy aspect from the fact that it's such a high rye content. So if you're if you're used to drinking some of that other stuff, like the wild turkey and the mm -hmm. like the larceny, which is a weeded and, and stuff that's like a more classic low rye bourbon, you're going to get a different profile out of this for sure. Yeah. Yeah, well, it tastes good, so I can't really uh, can't really read it <laughs> on your scale. But uh, I know you didn't review the barrel strength very well, but I think there were some other issues with that. I can't yeah. remember exactly you, what it was. I was going to go listen to it, but I didn't have enough time. <laughs> bullet, there's there's nothing wrong with bullet, but I again, he's not a huge fan. I'm not a huge fan of high rye bourbon. So uh -huh. uh, there there I've met a few high rye bourbons and a few actual rye whiskeys that i like but on the whole yeah just not not generally a fan <laughs> not a fan okay yeah so yeah well there there is a doctor in um bel uh, bulgaria that he claims that pounding liquor can prevent coronavirus <laughs> so just remember that just for those of us that are drinkers well between you're probably safe pounding liquor and silver solution we are all set so yeah. no no they, <laughs> disinfect they, from the inside out they the the silver solution thing from jim baker was yeah they did they no did. <laughs> i know i know it's the same thing as the 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 liquor <laughs> yeah but you know what i don't care because at least i'll be enjoying my demise <laughs> or whatever <laughs> okay my 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 whole thing on this is we're all going to survive i am pretty sure yes. we're all going to survive yeah, yeah. Well, we're not all going to survive. I mean, because we can stay that for the, you know, well, okay, like us in this room. Yeah, we're all going to survive. But like, yeah, in general, no, yeah, we're no, not all going to There survive. will be some deaths because there are the elderly and stuff. But overall, you know, those of us that even get exposed to it, we're probably going to make it through it. Yeah. Yeah. Mo so. Most people, I mean, a vast, vast majority of people will be, we'll be fine. overall unaffected ultimately. Yeah. So, 
Yeah. Yeah. You'll have you'll have a, a cough and a fever from from the people that have got it right now. <laughs> Ted in the chat room says, "I hear you should just wear a Chicago Bears jersey, then you won't catch you anything. won't catch anything." Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> just like the rest of the team. <laughs> yeah. So in, I've seen that. Insert yeah. the team you hate in there. And oh there no, go. no, it, it's it's floating around everywhere. Just yeah. just wear something Chicago related. Yeah. Bears, whatever. <laughs> Cubs, bears, whatever. You'll be fine. <laughs> it would also probably apply to Kansas City Royals because they don't do too well either. <laughs> well, nobody's doing anything sporting wise, so it doesn't oh, really yeah, matter no. at this point. Nobody is catching anything yeah, when, it, when it comes anything. to sports. So Yeah, we have season tickets to St. Louis Cardinals minor league, and yeah, they're they've pushed opening day back until for a month, so yeah, we're kind of curious what that's going to come out. Yeah, to I know all the spring training stuff's been canceled and stuff like that in Florida. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, you know our our opening day was like April fifteenth, and now they're saying it's going to be like if if things warrant it, May twelfth. I'm like, okay, so we have paid, we have season tickets for a season of eighty games. Well, they'll probably how how is that going to so. work out? So. Well, before we go off on another rant about COVID, let's just end this now. <laughs> <laughs> and uh all right, spare the episode at all right yeah yeah exactly so and we will then instead mention the folks who joined us for the program live tonight we had chris k t u x don kb2 ysi ted wa0 eir tom n4 hai dan kb6 nu don kc9 zmy and steve k7 hvt so thanks everybody oh, for tuning there's in sean too did you get sean? oh we had sean oh, v6 sar so yeah, Sean just popped in there at the last minute to get caught. So we got him. <laughs> we got him. Sean V E six S A R. Excellent. So thank you to everyone who tuned in and listened to us live. We hope uh, everyone is healthy and safe and that the world comes back to normal as soon as it possibly can. <laughs> and in the meantime, we will still put out three episodes every two weeks until life returns to normal. <laughs> Uh, so with that, we're going to go ahead and wrap up this hedonism filled episode of the weekender. This has been episode number 333 of Linux in the ham shack. I'm Russ K five T U X. I'm Charles W five M O O and I'm bill. Any four RD 73. listening to this episode of Linux in the Hamshack. LHS is a community-sponsored podcast. The live show is recorded every Monday night at 8pm Central Time, plus or minus QRL. Connect to the live stream at url.bcts.info stroke LHS live. Our website is located at lhspodcast.info. You can support the podcast by visiting the LHS Patreon page patreon.com stroke LHS podcast or by using the contribute link on the homepage. Get in touch by social media. We have a presence on Discord, Facebook, IRC, Twitter and YouTube. Our IRC channel is hash LHS podcast on the Freenode network and the Discord invite link 
is url.bcts.info stroke discord. You can also drop us an email at info at lhspodcast.info or leave us a voicemail at 1-909-NHS-SHOW. That's 1-909-547-7469. Visit the online LHS merchandise store at shop.lhspodcast.info for fun and fashionable show-themed merchandise. Become an ambassador and represent LHS at a local Linux convention or handfest. Email ambassadors at lhspodcast.info for more information or visit the homepage for details. Until next time, remember to always heed your hedonism. Shack and the Linux in the Hamshack logo are released under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivatives 4.0 International License.